This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the She-Hulk Eternity Law finale, episode 9. Whose show is this? Look, Intelligentsia is made up of exclusively dumb dudes. One of these guys is going to slip up, and they're going to give us enough information so that we can track them down, and then we will find them, and we will destroy them by any and all means. Legally. I said by any and all means. No, I am going to sue them for defamation and invasion of privacy and get them charged with unauthorized access to a protected computer. Ugh, boring. All right, if you want to be all Jen Walters about it. Yeah, that's cool. Welcome back, fellow defenders, to the TV podcast industry's chat about the She-Hulk Attorney at Law finale, episode nine. Whose show is this? It's not just my show. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow defenders. Yes, I am the difficult but delicious diva of podcasting himself, (laughs) John. That's such a great description. He actually is. And it's quite apt for John as well. Yep. <laughs> Difficult, but delicious. And I am Chris. I am the, the antagonist in my own protagonist film. Excellent. Great to have everybody back with us for this uh, very interesting finale for the season of She-Hulk. I'm really excited to hear what everybody thinks about this one. We got lots of feedback in. Um, this is going to be, I, I think, an interesting chat about uh, about the finale, but it will be spoiler filled. So if you haven't watched the finale and have kept yourself away from all spoilers, make sure you go and watch the episode uh, before you listen to the rest of our chat. Uh, but we do want you to subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so yet, you can subscribe to it over on tvpodcastindustries.com, which gives you access to every single show that we do, all of the shows that we're covering at the moment, including She-Hulk, Pennyworth, uh, Season 3 on HBO Max, and also Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, our other big finale, which we're hurtling towards this week as well. Yes. So lots and lots of stuff uh, to listen to. Uh, we also want to hear your thoughts, so make sure you email us your feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And that's also the place where you can email your answers to the She-Hulk Attorney at Law Bar Exam, where you may be able to get your hands on some She-Hulk goodies. We have our final question for the Bar Exam coming up later in this episode. Yes, 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 yes. But gentlemen, should we, with all that fun and games, jump straight into our episode details? Yes, we will. The executive producers for this show are (gasps) K-E-V-I-N. The head writer for the show is Jessica Gao. The episode is directed by Kate Quaro. And this episode is written by showrunner Jessica Gao. <gasps> Excellent stuff. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us, if you can, in one uh, simple synopsis for this episode of She-Hulk, episode nine? Whose show is this? And I want it in five syllables or less. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. That was an amazing summary. <laughs> After the events at the gala, Jen Walters finds herself in custody with the Department of Damage Control, but it is soon released after a plea bargain by Mallory Book, which means Jen must wear an inhibitor to prevent her from transforming into She-Hulk. With all the attention, Jen loses her job at GLK&H and can't find work, forcing her to move out of her apartment and back in with her parents, where she plans to get justice against those responsible for invading her private life. However, with the torture of living at home, she decides to go to Emil Blonsky's retreat to seek advice after failing to gather any meaningful information on intelligentsia and the Hulk King. 
Nikki is more successful after using an embarrassing college video given to her by Jen's mother on the Intelligentsia forums. She receives an invite from the Hulking to join a private gathering. She asks Pug along to infiltrate the event, which also takes place at Blonsky's retreat, and learns that Todd Phelps is the Hulk King. Jen arrives at the retreat and stumbles upon the gathering. Blonsky is also present in his abomination form, acting as a motivational speaker, though oblivious to Intelligentsia's true goals. Walters confronts Todd, who injects himself with a substance containing her blood, turning himself into a Hulk. A fight ensues as Titania and Banner also smash in unexpectedly. Confused by what is happening in the scene, Walters smashes the fourth wall and confronts the writers of the show. After not getting anything from the writers, she heads for answers from Kevin Feige. Forcing her way in, she meets Kevin, knowledge-enhanced visual interconnectivity nexus, an artificial intelligence claiming to be in charge of all Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline decisions. Jen persuades Kevin to rewrite the climax of the episode so that she can get her ending. She isn't saved by Hulk, Emil is held accountable, and Todd gets his day in court to answer for his crimes. Kevin reluctantly agrees. Upon returning to the show, Jen finds that Todd and Emil are arrested. She returns home to celebrate with her family and Matt Murdock when Cousin Bruce returns from Sakaar with his son, Scar. Sometime later, having regained her job, She-Hulk attends her court case against Todd and vows to continue her work as both a lawyer and a superhero. Finally, in a mid-credit scene, Sorcerer Supreme Wong breaks Emil Blonsky out of prison and takes him to Camotage. Excellent. Really simple. Standard story. Just, the, <laughs> just your average ending to an MCU TV show or a movie. Yep. Uh, nope, not this time. Not this yeah, time. Nothing to see here. It's all <laughs> just your run of the mill. What the hell? It's really standard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely normal. Uh, we are going to talk about the episode as we usually do by talking about our top three case points for the episode. So, order, order. Let's talk about case note number one. I really just want to talk about that opening uh, opening sequence of this episode, our little throwback to the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, original Incredible Hulk TV show opening, perfectly uh, set up here with Tatiana Maslany in the position that we saw Bill Bixby in for those many, many years, if you're as old as me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, me. And you, and you, John. Uh, yes. Although not as old as you. Yes, I'm still, no. still older. And I'll be a year older next week. So, yes, uh, once again, uh, age catching up and making me more and more old as the days, days go by. But this Pretty does sure remind me. Pretty sure that's how time works. <laughs> it is. Put it that is. There. Absolutely. But this is such a memory of my childhood. I think yeah. I, could, I could recite the words that were in the opening uh, along with the narrator, which I thought was uh, really, really good. I like the t- tiny little tweaks that we had in here. You know, we had um, we had uh, Jen Walters Esquire instead of David Bruce Banner, which was, uh, which was the original. Yeah. Uh, character's title in the incredible hulk i like that in that show he was being chased down by a reporter here she's being harassed by internet trolls uh, as part of the title uh, her big moment of saying you wouldn't like me when when, I, when i'm angry isn't to uh, the reporter following her it's to bruce banner who's in a wonderful 70s garb just like herself um really good i really like this and i also loved that we had 
the uh, position of Lou Ferragno, who played Incredible Hulk in the original show, being played by a She-Hulk stand-in in a big wig, uh, painted perfectly green as well, just like he was on the show. So, yeah. uh, fantastic way to open the show. I was really, I'm really hoping. I'm not entirely sure that the um, the the She-Hulk stand-in is the on-reference She-Hulk mm. um, actress that's that's there That'd be cool. um, doing all all the sort of reference points for the CGI yeah. and so on. Because some great photographs of Tatiana Maslany and uh, and her stand-in on the yeah. show uh, together, because she's so much taller. Because <laughs> I think Tatiana. that's that's really nice of yeah. them to do that. I think. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I love this whole opening credits. Yeah, trip down memory lane for me as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, love the seventies computer, um, just with the trolling. Um, I thought that was that cool. Was really it reminded funny. me of, well, it wasn't quite like that. My first computer, yep. but certainly, I think it was a Vic Commodore Vic Twenty. So it wasn't far off in terms of the graphics on screen. But loved that, um, and uh, also just it's when she grows angry. Or outraged, which I thought was a nice little twist true. as well. Yep, very good. On kind of that original intro. Yeah. Um, I also loved the fact that there was the other fourth wall break where she's at a really low ebb and the narrator comes in <laughs> as well. Um, and she just says, no, we're not having that. I just thought that was a nice was really little touch as well, just yeah. to bring back the narrator from that this opening sequence. Absolutely. And the opening sequence does work quite well because of how the last episode ended. She did lose control and is now in prison uh, in this episode. So this being the intro really feels like what you could have done with the show if she lost control and turned into the Hulk, just like Bruce Banner used to, or David Banner, as he used to be called, uh, used to lose control. So, liked it. How about yourself, Chris? What did you think of the, this, uh, this opening? I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun opening. It was a fun callback. And a lot of people, if weren't aware of the original versions, they will be now. And you'll see a few people jump back and enjoy it. It's definitely a product of its time. Mm-hmm. But, like, because I remember watching it as a kid, too. Yeah. I mean, the reruns. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there. I'm, I'm so much younger. No. Uh, it was fun. It was good. For my, I remember like the Thor and the Captain America kind of collabs. I think you can. I'm not sure if this is all on Disney Plus, but they probably might put them up there. I for, completely forgot. We saw this garb. We saw these a couple of these scenes in the trailers, in the promo material back way back. And I was just, I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Until it happened, I was like, "Oh yeah!" Because mm-hmm. then, like, people were like, "Oh my god, they're gonna get thrown back into the seventies and eighties." Like, there was all these kind of back when we weren't sure what it was about. Yeah, um, yeah, it really was a fun piece, and it really kind of sets up how. And I thought I've said this every episode that I've been on, how different this show is mm-hmm. to every other Marvel property so far i'm even gonna go include the mcu now deadpool's coming fine i mean like any mcu property to date this is so different from yeah absolutely like, definitely it's like yeah i mean maybe one division is also a little bit unique in what they did yeah, yeah. certainly to begin with uh over that that series but definitely well at least one division kind of thematically connected it like yeah. why yeah, exactly. we had those shows exactly. this just is a full-on like deadpool-esque well, she did it first in her original comics, but yes, yes. Deadpool-esque kind of fourth wall breaking kind of craziness. 
Yeah. 99% of Deadpool is he's he's just talking to the audience. This is yeah. her using the entire world outside of the TV show to resolve the cl- closing of her TV show, which we'll get to. We'll get we'll get to all that kind of stuff uh, as we get into the episode itself. So, um so yeah, it is I think it's completely different to what Deadpool is doing. He's going to have to work a lot harder to make a big impact after this episode to be honest. Yeah, well, uh, they even me. had a great shout out to Marvel Assembled. Woohoo. Yes, it did. Over yes. As well. yes, it did. Was I'm cool. sure there's some Easter eggs on these scenes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. I, I was looking and I was like, oh, it's too fast. I don't have time to go back, but yeah. definitely there's going to be Easter eggs. But that opening is just mm. one massive Easter egg. Watch the two th- two of them side by side, uh, the opening sequence from the original uh, Incredible Hulk TV show and this show, and they are literally yeah. uh, side by side. It's exactly amazing. The same. Had yeah. to watch it again uh, after after we did that, which is great. But it does lead into the scene where, as, as we mentioned, we now have uh, She-Hulk in Emil Blonsky's uh, former prison uh, at the DDOC, the Department of Damage Control, um, and the only way she can get out is exactly the same way as Emil Blonsky. She has to wear an inhibitor on her to uh, to stop her turning into uh, She-Hulk. So effectively, that whole process she went in, in through with uh, Emil Blonsky back in episode three, she's now going through the same thing. Um, so I kind of like that setup for the storyline for the episode. It makes total sense why she would seek out Emil Blonsky as well and see what he did to get through this because she's losing everything. Yeah, well, that's it. It's almost um, like the episode one again where she... Was start, you know, she couldn't get jobs. Mm-hmm. She was kind of trying to find her way after successfully winning a case, but then turning into She-Hulk. So yeah, yeah it, it kind of same kind of idea here. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that little sort of reflection of, of what happened in, in episode one, yeah. which really liked. Um, but again, I love this is this is Jen Walters. She's not really willing to give up just by doing a plea deal. She wants to take down the guys that that uh, that are behind this whole thing so uh we get that those great scenes with her and nikki where they're trying to investigate what's going on in intelligentsia she's now back in her parents home which is also really really good yeah and uh, another reason why she goes on a mental health break mm-hmm. to emil's as well that's true that's true another way to, to push her there but uh but i love how this is all connected and i think if i'm right i think every single character in the show gets a moment uh in this episode every every character that we've seen since the beginning all the big ones anyway um they all all get a moment in this episode because her mom's moment is in her over exuberance to share funny things about Jen Walters. She gives Nikki a way into intelligence by sharing this video of Jen dan- doing uh, a dance in, uh, in college with her friends. And suddenly this is Nikki's way into intelligentsia, another way to embarrass uh, Jen Walters, which I thought was really good, you know, bring everybody into this. Yeah, well, and, and like Jen puts it really well, you know, when she breaks the fourth wall, um, she says... This isn't even a reluctant hero story. Mm. I'm just getting screwed over. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it was just a nice way to kind of just tie off um, that that whole thing in the DODC, um, you know, where she gets the, the plea bargain and so on, plus then suddenly, like, living with your parents again mm-hmm. at that age. Um, to be honest, that's the worst thing. That would yep. be the worst thing for me, um, quite frankly. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just really good. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of leads to the culmination of the stories, all the stories coming together. It kind of moves us directly on to case note number two. Um, is this how you wanted the show to really end? Um, <laughs> that, that's where we're going here because everything – and I'll be honest here, we podcast about these shows and these movies all the time, and we have theories coming up to what's happening towards the end of the series, uh, always. And yeah, every single thing we have said during the series, do we think this might happen, happens in this 
initial ending. And yeah, Jen's absolutely right. How boring would it be if this was the ending for the show? Um, this idea that they're having the Hulk King convention at Emil Blonsky's place and Izzy or isn't he involved in it? He's not. That's clarified later on. He's just a public speaker in it for the money. But the idea that everything's happening there and it's, it's, Jen's going to be hoodwinked and there's going to be this big, massive master evil who turns themselves into a Hulk and then they have a big punch out session between them. And of course, Bruce Banner comes in to save the day and take out Emil Blonsky, who's also involved and he's the abomination. All of this stuff, really standard, really rote. It would have absolutely just disappeared as a show, I think, if they'd left that as the ending for the show. I think people would have just gone, oh, that's all they were aiming for? Yeah, okay, I guess it's another five out of ten, six yeah. out of ten show. Yeah, definitely. Like, I have to say, I love the writers for this. Mm. I think, you know, a couple of episodes back, whenever, you know, we were discussing on the podcast, and one of the things that just really came into my mind then was that, you know, this needs whoever the Hulk King is, it needs to be that normal person mm-hmm. to yeah. re- to receive the justice. And this is ultimately what Jen comes to mm-hmm. in, in, in her conclusion. You know, you have all the crazy stuff. Uh, I kind of thought, you know, with Bruce Banner popping in and what have you, but I'm just really pleased that they went down this route, mm-hmm. the writers, um, and absolutely hats off to them. Yeah. I loved every aspect of this because it was that. It was... I it the first part happened and I'm like oh okay sure like we literally we guessed every single part of that mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's not okay that's not what I wanted but sure yeah um like let's okay maybe they'll do something clever with the ending ending mm-hmm. uh and to see her stop it yeah that's where I went. Oh, now they go completely left of field. I thought they were just going to go like, like, well, actually, Jay, I thought they were just going to go left of field. Mm-hmm. They went left of field, like four blocks left, four blocks right, and just kept going, 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 oh, yeah. going until they hit the, the next state. Yeah. They went into like, the solar system with their left. They went into yeah. a different reality. <laughs> they went into the real world. Yeah. They just kept going and going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll get to that later in our next case note. But, like, for me, this was interesting to see. Where the you have such an understanding on, A, your audience, and B, what is or isn't wanted mm-hmm. by people who watch these shows. Yeah. And, like, then also just going, do you know what? Because they, they could have left it at that. Yeah. Like, I, like you said, it would have been, like, all right, yeah, five out of ten. Like shame about the ending. They could, they it was going so well until the end, and it would kind of just fade into obscurity to yeah. a degree. Yeah, because that. Yeah, let's talk about. I suppose that the those conclusions of the storyline. Which so we have, we have um, Todd being the leader of this group. We have um, him thinking that everybody's on his side. He's the one that set up Intelligentsia. He is Hulk King. Uh, that all makes total sense from what we've seen throughout yep. the series. Is that that's the kind of guy he is. Um, I love the the idea of the investigation going on with Nikki being involved in it and Pug having to represent um, <laughs> them in there and yeah. his his fight against having to say the kind of words <laughs> that are coming out of his mouth. I think that's I a, hate women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. brilliant. Oh, uh, there was a great line with Todd where he goes, "Pug rules, Andy's hot." 
and there's just this off <laughs> off screen line. I would smash you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was really good. Really good fun. That was a superb line. Yeah. Just so good. I love Pug and Nikki in this. Um, just the whole, you know, Pug wirelessed up um, at the event. Nikki on comms. <laughs> AirPod. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look weird. You won't. <laughs> exactly. Not in that group like, of people. Yes. Yep. <laughs> when you're going into a, a, a load of, a group of, incel based men like that yes you'll 100% blend in yeah absolutely especially if you're only have one in one ear uh, yeah. Or, yeah without a doubt without a doubt uh, I also love the resolution as I say to, to the uh, to the story of Emil Blonsky that um, yes he does occasionally uh, speak as abomination but he really has no connection to this he's just speaking absolute useless tropes to everybody in the room to inspire them so they can get a paycheck out of it which I, which I really like I like that they close that story off and also that we have um, Wrecker in here yeah. um, from earlier on in the season who he questioned whether he had he had been reformed and yes he is he's the kind of guy that'll just give a hug to Jen because she needs it and you know lend a sympathetic ear make her a cup of tea uh, calm her down make up a spare room for her you know so uh, that is the end of the retreat story it is working for these for these guys they are reformed and they have a, a place to to relax and, and take a mental health break yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they really like now chicken blood in their uh, coffee <laughs> okay Saracen uh, might not be fully uh, redeemed just yet no exactly <laughs> um, but absolutely I really I kind of like just the idea as well Jen when she walks into the lodge is like she's just disappointed by Emil Blonsky mm-hmm. because she vouched for him and, and, you know, and he gave her his word that he wouldn't turn into abomination. Yeah. And I kind of just liked the simplicity of what Jen and her feelings were to that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he wasn't the maliciously as the Hulk King or, you know, involved in it. It was this motivational chat. And neither yeah. were it, like you say, the the guy from Wrecking Crew, but also Manbull, El Aguila, Saracen, and Porcupine. You know they're not involved here. They're mm-hmm. at the retreat yep. for the right and real reasons. You know, yeah. so just like the whole vibe of that, yeah, uh, really cool. as well. Again, Saracen still pushing his uh, his agenda from off screen, uh, giving blood in uh, in people's drinks. Though, as Chris said, I like that yeah. uh, little touch. He's still pretending he's a vampire. <laughs> or is he? You never know. You never know. Yep. With this show, you really don't. <laughs> I just a final touch I liked about this version of this of the ending, um, because it happens so often in Marvel shows. We even mentioned it in this show in She Hulk. Um, when Bruce returns to Earth, he sees Abomination holding Jen above his head. But we know Abomination is keeping her away from this new Hulkified version of Todd. But instantly, misunderstanding, and Bruce has to go and start punching on uh, on Abomination as the bad guy because that's what he sees when he walks into the room. It's such a, a standard thing of all superhero movies, not not just Marvel, but it's it's just a standard thing. But I like that they included it here in this scene. Yeah. Um, so the break point itself, uh, I was just watching it the second time there, and the break point itself is basically Todd is facing off against Jen. Pug and Nikki run into the room and reveal he's the hulking leader of of the uh, of intelligentsia. He's the one that set it all up. That's the point where there's the break, and from that point onwards, that's the story that Jen has the problem with. And 
to go on to our case note number three, and this is where Jen smashes the fourth wall. Truly. And sometimes Matt Murdock as well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but we have effectively Jen going going through the motions with this story, asking the audience whether um, they actually want to see this, and then it cuts to the Disney Plus screen as the viewer of the show has just skipped out of uh, <laughs> She-Hulk, not tired of this ending, not happy with what they're seeing on screen. And yeah, then we have a little word of the background from Jen saying she's going to break off her inhibitor, turns herself into She-Hulk, breaks out and looks at the Disney Plus viewing screen. How cool is that? Like, what an interesting idea that they've done for this. Uh, I was really impressed with this with this actual fourth wall break, uh, more so than just talking to the camera. I love if you tie it all the way back to what they said in the first episode when we saw the fourth wall breaks and even the trailer, the makers of the show were saying... This will all make sense by the end of the season. It's not that it makes sense. It's that this is an integral part of the character, just yeah. as much as her yeah. superpowers are. And they'll make sure you know by the end of the season, there's no other character in the MCU that could do what she does here. Because <laughs> I, I did wonder what she does. Because that's the, the the interesting thing. It's like, she's almost... I really want to see her in a non-She-Hulk TV show or film in the future. Because I was yeah. going, wait, does she have like reality warping powers now no like she doesn't but i'm like okay i really just want to see you now play with these other characters in their world that would be cool what she does is she breaks out of the she hulk tv show she sees one of the other shows marvel assembled a documentary show that they make which we talk about here as john mentioned earlier on breaks into that and then she's at the studios effectively so that gives her her way into going and finding the She-Hulk writers, which I thought was really good. What a what a cool idea! I love that she's kind of cycling through. Will I enter, you know, Wakanda and go into the Black Panther movie, go into uh, Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel? No, actually, I'll go into the documentary and find my way to the writers' room here. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, th- this was great. I mean, I have to say, I'm not going to lie. When it first happened, I was like, okay, where is this going? Yeah. What's kind of happening? Mm-hmm. To be honest, Derek, did you press the back button on the remote control? <laughs> <laughs> no, I could tell it wasn't our Disney Plus interface. It, uh, it kind of looked worse, actually. But anyway, um, I think they must have done some touch-ups since they used that. But I kind of, uh, yeah, I was like, what is happening here? Where is this going? Even when she got to the writer's room, you know, and then, you know, when they said, she says, I'm going to go and see Kevin... I was like, is he really going to be in this? I was just like, I was going, so wishing yeah. that was going to happen because I was like, I really want to see that. Yeah. I really hope they used his voice for the AI. I don't think that it is. No, I don't think so like either, but that would be yeah. a nice little touch as well. And I think this episode is just really crammed with lovely little touches. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, all of this stuff is. Again, continuing that kind of trolling of the idea of we know exactly what's going to happen in this show because we've been around for the last 20 years and we've seen all the things that happened uh, in the universe and all the things that happened in all those movies and all the TV shows. So we know exactly where this is going. Um, so they have a little a little side comment. Did you see that with uh, with the uh, writers saying, um, was this just something that was up on your on your um your wall of theories in the background. Um, well, Kevin wants it to end like this. So Kevin is the, is the, the God above everything that we do. We just have to get it to whatever ending he wants to see on our shows. We can do whatever we want between start and finish, basically. But Kevin tells us and approves the ending and he knows exactly how it works. Uh, love those because that's how some people think 
this universe works. It can't. It can't possibly allow any kind of creative expression if it's just one person over the top going, well, no, you have to have the last five minutes has to be this way and uh, something else has to happen here. So I love that they've all agreed to go this way with the with the ending for the show. Uh, and we do get a big fight scene. We get we get a She-Hulk fight scene as she's uh, as the security guards try to stop her from going in uh, to to, uh, to the Kevin room effectively. Uh, <laughs> she that. pulls her punches. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they're does. humans. And I was like, and she just she could she there was one where she smashed his head against the wall. Mm-hmm. And there was a slight indentation, yeah. but I was like, technically, could she not have thrown him through the wall? Yeah, it, and <laughs> technically, she could have watermeloned his head yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> probably not on this show. Though. I I love the the whole NDA skit as well, and just that she was scrolling up through it, and then the guy behind the desk just hits the alarm button anyway, yeah. and she's right. like. Why did you get me to sign the NDA? But uh, I really enjoyed that. Just in, absolutely, you know, in yeah. terms of ha- having to sign on so, like so many, and yeah. it's like they go on forever because everyone yeah. signs the Marvel NDA. Yeah. We've we've signed about six of them just to do podcasts yeah, well, about, exactly. uh, about some of the the pre release episodes of the shows that we've got before. So we've we've done that. So we can't exactly. talk about the twenty page. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's almost like the the joke of Baskin Robbins always knows from Ant Man. It's uh, everybody signs the Marvel NDA at some point. Every single person on this planet will have signed uh, an NDA for Marvel. I think that's uh, yeah. <laughs> that works really well. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I love though then. Finally, getting into the the central core of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. you have um, the Kevin, the artificial intelligence at the heart of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I loved in the end credits where they had Kevin uh, there with the the cap on as well. It that did was a look. Nice it looked touch. exactly like Kevin Kevin Feige's caps that he always wears. Yeah, uh, that was a events, good yeah. little touch and. Yeah. You know, the the whole conversation, um, and I know I'm jumping here, but it, it, it's after they've had their conversation um, about Kevin making all the decisions and what actually Jen wants. You know, she has the problem with how this is this has ended. Um, it was just the whole thing of turn back to Jen, do it off screen. You know, She-Hulk CGI is expensive uh. um, because they're engaged on another project and you just get the little Wakanda theme coming through. I thought that was just spot on class. Self-referential. Yeah, but it was class. In the room with Kevin is a load of comic books and toys and callbacks. Yeah. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I wanted. Yeah. It was really cool, I thought. Absolutely. And totally unexpected. This was like, still, I think first time watching it, I was like, Okay, what's going on? What the heck's going on? What's happening? How how is this? I honestly did for a second think, because he made a joke in the writer's room. There was like, oh, well, well, it it was all a dream sequence. He says that one of the writers say something like that. Oh, yeah, they they say the entirety of season two is going to be a dream sequence. How about that? Wouldn't that be different and interesting? (laughs) (laughs) Because I did think they were going to do something weird like that. Mm -hmm. Like, just get it to the end. And then at the end, it's she is she's been in a kind of this is what happens when that personality is kind of goes into the background and Hulk a Hulk personality takes over mm. that they're in this this little world of their own and I was like oh that would have been cool so for this whole time she's just been on a rampage and then she comes down I was like that would be great yeah nope just this is this is what we were 
seeing that yeah. this is the show. This is better. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, it is better, yes, but I was just so shocked. Yeah. The interesting thing as well with this um, is that not only has Jen broken or smashed the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Daredevil. And Daredevil. Yep. <laughs> what I was thinking initially was what was really interesting. I don't know if it's actually kind of the right way to think about it now because she's in Marvel Assembled. So she's technically still in a TV show. But when she initially broke through, mm. well, she's in the documentary. When she initially broke through into the writer's room mm-hmm. and so on, literally smashing through the fourth wall. It's like, okay, she's in, you know, this reality. Yeah. But then she breaks the fourth wall inside with Kevin, where she go, where she actually says, and when are we getting X-Men? And mm-hmm. putting a thought. So I was kind of like thinking, is this a Brit? So what's the reality here? I was thinking very Doctor Strange yeah. dimensions and stuff. Are we, so she broke the fourth wall, then she broke the eighth wall. Yeah. Are we moving exactly. in? To an infinite, like, a square root wall. <laughs> Is this where we go full Elon Musk and we do have <laughs> chips in our brains that are doing stuff for, wow. for media stuff? But, <laughs> no, I was just wondering, is, you know, because to me, the smarts at Marvel and, and the people that they hire to write and so on could somehow link this in at some point. Oh, yeah. Given we're talking a lot about multiverses and dimensions and yeah. realms and timelines and so on so far since the Disney Plus shows have come on. So yeah. um, maybe it's just another iteration of that. But I, I just for that split moment, I was thinking, okay, what's she breaking here? Could, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, we do know that Kevin Feige exists in our world and there isn't an AI called Kevin at the center of Marvel's in the Marvel Cinematic but Universe. Do so, we? so you are right. She has broken into a TV show in the Marvel Universe or, or, or the Marvel Universe. So yeah. uh, certainly we know there is a Captain Foggy. Uh, none, none of the writers that were in that writer's room were actually the writers. They were all actors playing writers on the TV show. No, Hulk. I, but the whole point, the reference is, of course, in the comic book, she used to regularly talk to the writers of the comic book, but still able to talk to the audience out of the comic. So yeah. you're totally right. This is a, this is a way of, of referencing that and doing a, a really interesting job of twisting our perceptions. I love that she calls out that comment and criticism that's been coming out, even though I think every single movie this this uh, phase of Marvel and every TV show has ended differently. She's calling out that everybody expects it to end off with the big battle where there's a big punch up between the between the major character and its opposite. Um, and Kevin goes, who says that? Why do they say that? That's not what happens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so they're they're so aware of what everybody's saying about yeah, them definitely. at all times. They've they've crafted this great end into the show that that goes against all of those perceptions. Works really well. I think as well, you know, with everything going on, at its center is still Jennifer Walters. You know, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. with um, you know Tatiana Maslany was just superb here because. Yeah. All these questions, all all the breaking of the fourth wall and so on. But even with that, just, you know, going back to I'm just getting screwed over here, whether it's intelligentsia or whether it's through the writing of this, you know, to her mind, substandard ending, because she actually really has it get to all that. I'm being screwed over, but she still has the agency effectively to say, but I want it to end 
the way I want it to end. Mm. You know, that I get justice, that it's Todd who faces um, the stuff that he's done uh, and receives judgment on that, mm-hmm. that there is no Bruce Banner coming in, a man saving the day of yep. a helpless woman, or that, and again, M- Emil Blonsky, just to hold himself accountable yeah. um, for, for the fact that, you know, he said one thing and was just, he was he was playing with the system, okay. you know? So I just really enjoyed that. As well as, can you throw uh, Matt Murdock back into the picture? Because uh, <laughs> a woman has needs. A woman, a woman yeah. has needs, and even why can't you just do it in the daylight? Because yeah. why does it have to be nighttime and dark and brooding? You know, mm-hmm. this can just happen sort of midday. Exactly. So it gives her agency because she's been screwed over a lot in this series, mm-hmm. and this is her power moment as well as yeah. much as the She-Hulk. So I no, really enjoyed that. Absolutely. I really just agree on mm-hmm. this. Um for me it was it was just unique. When you bring yeah. it all together, it with this whole season, this whole episode, I was not expecting I'll use what they expect. I'll give a tired old Chris saying they zigged when I thought they would zig. <laughs> um, they very much kind of stopped the presses, they knew what they were so self-referential. They kind of went, do you know what? Let's even like, let's address the phase five issues that we're seeing and hearing in the kind of wild. We are listening. We are Marvel. We understand what you think. And they did it so well. They did it by like, hey, this is what not what you're expecting. So here's something so unexpected, but well-written, well-directed. Mm-hmm. Jokes were perfectly timed for the moments that they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it still moved the MCU forward. Mm-hmm. Like, those are all the things that we want. We want a well-written. Yeah. We want some good fight scenes. We want, uh, like, the characters' kind of growth or movement and things like that. We yeah. get all of these things in this ending. Mm-hmm. Just not the way you expect it. Exactly. Exactly. And as you say, John. It all makes sense for Jen's character as well. Like, this is the ending that you would hope that she gets to take out the bad guys and bring them to court. She's a lawyer. That's exactly how the show should yeah. be ending. Yeah. Uh, makes total sense. But I, the only, the only bit I think they probably skipped from that moment where, um, it's announced that, uh, that Todd is the Hulk King uh, from that moment to where he's standing outside. And the only thing they, they skipped from the story is probably. Jen as She-Hulk grabbing him and dragging him outside to the police. That's probably the only thing because that's the end of it. Once once she's found out that they are the whole group behind uh, behind Intelligentsia and we have Emil Blonsky going, ooh, hang on a second, I'm really embarrassed about you catching me like this. There's nothing There's no nothing else that you would need to have, no other scenes that you need to have. That's the end of the show, basically. So it works really well. But, uh, but I do love that we wrap it up in... I guess pretty traditional um, sitcom or Fast and yeah. the Furious actually does this uh, every time. They they wrap <laughs> yeah. it up with the whole family sitting around having it's a barbecue. It's all about family. It is. It is. Yeah. Bringing in the new boyfriend to meet the family uh, who's getting terrible questions from the family as yeah. to how quickly he's going to move out to LA. Does he have enough money to support uh, kids yeah. moving out here? They've got him one date. Hell's Kitchen <laughs> is a horrible place, you know, where he was brought up and uh-huh. lived. Yeah. Uh, even I love it where Matt Murdock goes, I need some co-counsel here. Absolutely. <laughs> really good. Really good. And we do get the, the one thing that 
Kevin really wanted to stick into this show. We hear that he wanted to set up something in the future. And as you say, Chris, we are setting up the MCU for the future. Uh, We do hear Kevin say, but we have to have Bruce return because this is where we're going to reveal. And they reveal him. They they have the reveal of the son of Hulk, Scar, Scar. from Sakaar. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Okay, so we're going to get Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. As storylines? Maybe. I think the way the MCU have dealt with Planet Hulk is kind of what they did in in Thor Ragnarok with Hulk being Battle Hulk there. Um, So they'll probably be able to do the flashbacks as to who Scar is and how how he came about, I guess. They're not going to do too much of that, I presume. Um, There's definitely a lot of CGI budget in uh, in Hulk having sex, I'd say. So um, (laughs) that's pretty much what happened. (laughs) Hulk smash. Yes. Yes. Uh, I the fact that they're setting this up is gonna be amazing. Like, yeah. it's a nice one. I'm interested to see where. Like, I've there's been rumors that they're setting up World War Hulk for the longest of times. Mm-hmm. I really hope so. And if they are, for any of our um, listeners who aren't sure what the hell I'm talking about, World War Hulk was a Marvel comics like wide arc it wasn't just mm-hmm. a hulk storyline it yeah. was it took over all aspects every comic had a tie-in yeah. and was essentially uh, without giving away too much hulk tr- has to take over earth to a degree because reasons okay. he goes on a spree of domination on earth mm. yes that's Wait, that, yeah. revenge revenge and domination he needs mm-hmm. to avenge something or someone yeah and does it against the planet Earth. yeah and it was mwah, it moved was so brilliant. much of the uh the actual like and the marvel comics forward on a lot of aspects and certain things happened and yeah. have never have never been it's one of my of. it's one of my favorite hulk stories mm-hmm. and it's one yeah. of my favorite as you say kind of marvel event uh stories That's as really well good. i mean for me it completely batters Civil War. I liked Civil Oof. War. Um, but One or two. The original Civil War. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's valid and fair. Yeah. yeah, although the original Civil War is my favourite uh, comic book. Uh, I to- totally get why uh, World War Hulk is a great is a great book. It's really, really good, but there, there's a really weird behind-the-scenes reason as to why they could never do that, because while Marvel has the rights to the Hulk in movies, weirdly, because the original incredible hulk was made under a different studio with paramount think major support if they make a full-on hulk movie they still have to pay for what until some point in the future they have to pay money to paramount for that movie so they've only been able to use hulk as a supporting player in those three big movies that he's done so uh, it's a really weird thing uh, that they haven't been able to haven't been able to get across but i think they're close anyway i'm sure they'll be able to get past it yeah uh, anyway and, but. and their experience say with sony with spider-man mm. you never know how that would play into the the old uh the game mm-hmm. you know and yeah. the coffers yeah. it's called Dump chunk of money backing up. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I want to make sure the story's right that they're going to tell. But it's an interesting one, I suppose. Had it played out in a different way, had it played out in the way you were expecting it to play out, you may have gotten a couple more minutes of of Sakar, of, of Sakar maybe, or a couple more minutes of Scar, son of Hulk, on screen, and a bit more of explanation as to who he is or why he's there. Whereas here, it is just literally they are introducing it as almost being shoehorned in. And it's a joke. It, it comes across as a joke of, well, let me just introduce to my son, right? 
<laughs> go to go to end credits without any detail <laughs> as to who this person is. So all the speculation that we have here uh, could be completely different. This could be a father son comedy and season two of She Hulk, which is just Hulk and and Scar uh, and Hulk introducing Scar to the Earth. That's all it could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Oh my God! But or if you do season two, it's a like it's literally the sitcom of the the the. The, the, the auntie, the, the father and mm-hmm. the son living in a house. It would be the house of hulks. A hulking house. A fuller <laughs> house. A fuller hulk. Now, I'm coming up with some good ideas here. That, that would be awesome to move it onto a different type of sitcom. Yeah. Absolutely. And we could have DJ Incredible Hulk. Uh, in there as well because he oh yeah, he God, has his yeah. whole yeah. shame too so we have a full old family of Hulk second season we've got it written excellent yeah, call us perfect. Kevin call us yeah. <laughs> any notes about the episode that we need to talk about guys very quickly uh, Mio Blonsky is whipped out of prison yeah by mm-hmm. Wong to Camitage yes uh, which is cool um, because the next time we will see him it has been announced it was announced at D23 that Emil Blonsky uh, and the Abomination will be in Thunderbolts. That's right. Yeah. I don't know how this ends up being that way because technically Thunderbolts are like to get out of prison, very like Suicide Squad, to get out of prison or like to not be put in prison, mm-hmm. you do this kind of, you, you, you become a, bad, a team of bad guys. Yeah. So he's currently in Camotage. Yeah. Maybe he tries to do it to clear his name or something. But it'd be interesting to see how they work that into the story. Well, exactly. I'm wondering whether Sorcerer Supreme Wong is the handler here. Because even just bringing him out for the fighting. Um, yeah, he's the replacement for Doctor Strange in this Thunderbolts group. That would be perfect. Yeah, yeah Wong exactly. is their magic guy. That'd be interesting. Yeah. And or, and even, you know, involved, um, you know, maybe not General Ross's direct replacement, but mm. it's, so, you know, training them, zenning them out, I guess, you know, in the yeah. sense of we've seen Wong and Abomination in Shang-Chi. Yes, it was earning some money, but was it also training, this fighting, you know? Mm going up against another magic user if they needed to. So We did did question Wong's explanation for that, that this was just part of his trials to become the Sorcerer Supreme, and that's that's why he was battling against the Abomination. We did question that. Um, And and they have already called out that this offer that was made to Emil Blonsky to have diplomatic immunity by moving him to Camartage was refused by Emil Blonsky, and that's actually why he got out of prison, because he refused the opportunity he could have escaped at any time. But now he's gone to Camartage, so he's now gone against the law. He is supposed to be in prison for ten years, yeah. and he's accepted this uh, this move to Camartage. So that's the reason why he, he could be tied up with Thunderbolts because he has absolutely broken the law by leaving prison and going off to Camartage. Yeah, and then they haven't tried to, to come back to the US. He has to serve his time, or of course, you could have Val coming to him. Sorry, don't call her Val, uh, Valentina, mm-hmm. uh, going. To him and go if you want yes. your record of sponge, do this. But anyway, so good to see that he is like not forgotten and he is being looked after. Absolutely. Um, I do hope we see some of the other guys in the future, um, in some other properties, mm-hmm. like a, a, a proper reformed wet wrecking crew, for example, <laughs> or like Mamble, Porcupine. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like Porcupine in the next Spider-Man, just as a joke. 
it could be fun it could be fun you never know where they're going to turn up now um you know again you could have uh the whole world of she hulk spilling over into another tv show uh, in the future just for fun uh, as she breaks the leapfrog as well would be great leapfrog absolutely love to see leapfrog back that'd be that'd be cool um I know there were a couple of there's loads and loads of Easter eggs throughout this episode. We mentioned the the uh, mention of the X Men that was a pretty a pretty clear one. But I but I did like in the kind of bro den amongst the uh, the intelligentsia. Um, they're talking about uh, oh my god, and did you hear? There's a Lady Thor now as well, not just a She Hulk. There's a Lady Thor, of course, uh, referencing uh, the most recent Thor movie. So yeah, uh, Love and Thunder. So uh, again, of course, we all remember it. As that was released, as the information started coming out about uh, Natalie Portman going to be a Thor in the Thor movie, that's exactly what was happening on the internet. Uh, all these bros going, my God, can they not just have a proper Thor like the Thor I remember from when I was a kid, even though I'm only 15? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But it's not because she's a woman. No, it's not because she's a woman, no. of course. Yeah. Of course not. No. <laughs> and of course, I think we should also give Kevin uh, his full name of Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus. Love it. Love Very it. good. Yeah, because love it, a good acronym, me. Absolutely, and it looks like it's exactly out of the mind of what some people think is happening in Marvel Studios, as you mentioned, Chris. All the uh, all the uh, cabinets that are around are filled with comic books and and collectibles and stuff like that. It looks like they're being fed into the MCU machine to just churn out whatever movie they want to churn out. Uh, so that's that's uh, what I liked about this. It just looked like he's feeding everything in through uh, this system to deliver whatever it is that will make the most money. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least that's the audience decide uh, what's good and what isn't. <laughs> good stuff. I think that's it. I think that's that's everything we can think of talking about uh, for this episode. So, John, do you defend She-Hulk Episode 9? Whose show is this? I really do defend this episode. I give it five mother puggers out of five. <laughs> um, I just absolutely enjoyed and loved this episode mm-hmm. and mainly because i was so confused actually on first watching it through uh but second time and by the end of the first time you know it just was a superb choice from all involved and you know let's say went left field went went right field but ultimately it brought the agency to um jennifer walters she hulk not in terms of strength or the superhero nature, but you know this this person who's been getting screwed over the entire series by dates, by transforming into She-Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, and now through Intelligentsia, um, to get the ending to this show. Fantastic use uh, of breaking the fourth wall, dare I say it, smashing it. Loved that they still brought everyone back around the family uh, dinner table at mm-hmm. the end. Um, I thought this was just real class, um, really clever, really funny. You know, the, the, there's just that small moment when um, Jen's mum and dad come to collect her from outside the DODC uh, prison uh, where dad just goes... Well, don't worry. Everyone's getting into prison these days. Yeah. You know, like it's just like so <laughs> silly. Get out of prison uh, every day. Yeah, <laughs> really, really funny. Yeah. Um, and I just really enjoyed this. You know, everyone kind of got their moment in yeah. this final episode, and to me, it, it it worked out that it was just a plain old man, not a Todd Hulk, that got the justice 
was taken to court. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that to me was like just really good, good judgment. And, and I loved it. Yep. So I absolutely loved this episode with five mother puggers out of five. Excellent. I do love in the, uh, in the, um, the closing credits, uh, artistry, uh, with all the men in the audience all, uh, sweating and, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. che- and checking their shirts as, uh, as, uh, Jen is delivering her. Well, her Josh, it focuses in on Josh as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. It looks like him. Looks like him. Uh, Chris, how about yourself? Do you defend She-Hulk episode nine? One hundred percent, yes. It was fantastic. There was literally only one part of this was what I was expecting it to be, which was the part they stopped, which is the end, the the fake ending. Yeah, where they were like, "Oh, and Todd becomes a Hulk, and here here's Bruce," and like the part they stopped was I was like, "Oh yeah, that's where they're going. Makes sense. Okay, fine. Eh, we'll see how it goes." And then it just went left of field, and I was so happy. Um. I really am just very much interested to see how all of these bits that happened in this, plus all of the bits that happen in upcoming show, how they they kind of spill out into the true MCU. And I mean true MCU, I mean the kind of movies. When will we see She-Hulk? Is she getting her own movie? Is When is she going to be here or there? Like, Will the Matt Murdock we see in She-Hulk be quite similar or somewhat similar to the, the Matt Murdock we see in daredevil born again i have so many questions but do you know what the biggest question is when will they announce season two i know i know yeah. they were so close in this episode we have the the writers room themselves saying they have their ideas for season yeah. two we have kevin uh saying to her see in the movies and then going no i won't <laughs> as, as as she has her movie announced and cancelled in uh in one in individual <laughs> yeah. scene um so yeah nothing announced of course uh for the next season tatiana maslany is fantastic this was I think a one of a kind show. Uh, I'm not too sure how a next season of the show would go, but I'd absolutely love to see Jen, uh, oh, yeah. particularly back in something else in the future. I'd love to see her uh, in, in something else. But I think of all the shows I've seen, this one feels like it's introducing the character rather than setting up something for the future of that character. It feels like here's something really different uh, for the MCU. So I don't know how they would replicate that in the future, but it's uh, but it's a great character. Love to see more of Tatiana Maslany and love this finale. It's really, really good. Yeah, we also need to have Madison back in the MCU as well. Madison with a Y and yeah. two N's, not what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, really good. And uh, yeah, love to see Nikki back. Pug was fantastic yeah, in the season. So many great characters uh, in this show. Uh, love to see back in the future but there is one more place we need to pay a visit to we need to go to the legalese for our she-hulk attorney at law bar exam and the final question john where are we going with episode nine question yeah welcome to the bar exam fellow quizzes and fellow defenders it is question nine it's the final question get your notepads out mm-hmm. scribble this down what two inspirational female lawyers are on the wall in Jen's childhood bedroom? Mm. Did you catch those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. good one, good one. John, do you want to get the question one more time? What two inspirational female lawyers are on the wall in Jen's childhood bedroom? Uh, please send in your answers to 
feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com where you will be in with a chance for some She-Hulk goodies. Mm -hmm. Yep. Excellent. That is the end of our coverage of the She-Hulk finale. But we do have lots and lots of feedback from our awesome fellow defenders. If you'd like to send any thoughts on the show itself, uh, you can still email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We should be doing a wrap-up on She-Hulk. We usually align that with the um, Marvel assembled uh, documentary on the making of She-Hulk, which I hope is going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks' time. So you have a bit of time to get in some thoughts to us about uh, about the season. Uh, but first up, we got an email in from Jerry who says, Hello, guys. I've been watching She-Hulk all season, but I've been too busy living to comment on all the episodes. This finale was one of the best Marvel things on Disney+. Plus. Werewolf by Night currently is the top of the list. First off, the episode starts in the direction of a familiar Marvel finale. Solved problem and the CGI punch fest. And what they were going to give us before breaking the fourth wall was simple crap. The fourth wall twist was brilliant. Dare I say perfect. Kevin Feige as an AI robot. Jennifer asking the fanboy questions about the X-Men. Delightful. Jennifer's control of her narrative was excellent. Hope they announce the season two. One final thing. The retro Incredible Hulk opening was so good. Something right out of the comics. Your Marvel Universe bailiff, Jerry in Niceville. Thanks so much, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Um, totally with you uh, on your thoughts and, and feedback. Um, loved that opening as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, reminiscing back to the old days. Um, <laughs> the the really old days. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and yes, we will hopefully be covering uh, Werewolf by Night uh, at the end of the month as our Halloween Marvel special uh, when it should have been released. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> spooky. Yes. Oh. We also got an email in from John Daniel who says, A real moment here first. I've been cancelled online before. It legitimately pushed me to call the suicide prevention hotline. After lots of therapy and damage control, things are way better now. I'm saying all this because that first montage of Jen losing literally everything hit me very hard. Onto the show itself, the original Hulk TV series nod was brilliant. Like I said already, the clips of her decline are both deadly accurate and hilarious, especially her dad and the garden hose. Uh, I'm also not going to lie, for more than a hot second, I thought Nikki was Hulk King. I had to recalibrate uh, what was happening, but that was brilliant on her part. I really enjoyed watching Pug struggle to be gross at the Hulk King gathering. Also, my heart broke when Todd announced Abomination as the special guest speaker, and we realized where they were. I laughed out loud when Jen exclaimed, this can't possibly be where this season is going, because (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing. And then the ultimate fourth wall break. I was stunned. They shattered everything and jen's inside baseball cracks were amazing the sitcom backyard barbecue was delightful and i have no idea who scar is the post-credit sequence was briefly spoiled by wong's mention in the special guest star Uh, i wonder if they did that on purpose i just want more she hulk what a terrific season what's next john from chicago excellent stuff thank you so much john thanks for sharing your real moments as well Mm, Uh, and you know how that's played into uh, watching this final episode as well yeah, yeah. um could not agree with you more uh, on just everything that happened in this episode and yeah the the backyard barbecue with the family everyone around it it was just a real great sitcom ending mm-hmm. for sure absolutely yeah thank you so much sean uh we also got an email from coffee and vodka greetings fellow meta served defenders Fourth, fifth, and all the walls were knocked down here. Mm-hmm. Loved every second of it. 
Looks like Todd was neither Red Herring nor the Red Hulk, although he was a leader of sorts. It turns out the real man behind the curtain wasn't a man at all, but an AI wrapped in an algorithm named Kevin. (laughs) The elements of Hulk blood and the appearance of the actual leader were expunged, replacing them with the major zig of critiquing the MCU mythology and freeing her show from it. Her personal growth taking centre stage, interrupting and cancelling the regularly scheduled final episode major fight scene is sure to inspire a real hulking dark website. <laughs> the trolls are going to troll. Yep. So far, my two favourite season closers have been Loki and now She-Hulk, both of which strayed away from the mushing action figures together without actual cause for ratings. Saying this, I'll die on a hill defending Kevin and the mighty MCU algorithm all hail the Fihi Amen. <laughs> but it's nice to see something different now and again. Mm-hmm. And you have to love the dialogue. See you on the big screen. Really? No. Whatever, Kevin. <laughs> Second season or not, She-Hulk has been a great romp. Mm-hmm. Five all-knowing AIs, scarred family reunions, and placed mats out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. P.S. It's good to know Camotage will finally have some decent security. Where did this series place with you? Within the top five for me for rewatchability. Excellent stuff, Coffin Fucker. Love that. Uh, really, really impressed. I like your uh, your scarred family reunions. Very impressive. And uh, and placed Matt's out of five. Did you, we didn't even talk about uh, Matt Murdock's arrival as Daredevil from the sky <laughs> as he drops in <laughs> to say, I'm here and I'm here to help, basically. Uh, really good. Really good stuff. With a superhero landing, kind of. They kind half of. did it. He yeah. bent one knee and mm. I was like, are they good? Oh. <laughs> They'll never do it again, Chris. They've called it out. That's, that's yeah. the way they're going to go. Um, yeah, that, it's really interesting, isn't it? Where, where would you place this show within, uh, within the MCU for, for TV shows? Like, it's definitely high. I, I, I really, really enjoyed this season. I thought it was, uh, doing something different with every episode yeah. and something I've really enjoyed within every episode. But what I've loved overall about, um, the shows on Disney Plus is they've all done something different in their own way. And it's kind of a pick and choose. It's kind of a pick and mix. If this works for you, then it may be right up there as your favorite show of the, sh- of the season. Uh, WandaVision and this were definitely very high up there, but I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of the Cap- Captain America story. So Falcon the Winter Soldier is probably going to be a lot higher for me than for a lot of the other viewers. Moon Knight, big fan of Moon Knight. So I thought that was a great show too. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not too sure whether I could give my ranking of the uh, the seven TV shows that are up there. Really? Mm. Yeah, I don't generally rank, to be honest. <laughs> and, and that just allows me wiggle room. <laughs> I, I'm more, uh, being very honest, I have yet to watch, I've yet to rewatch any of them majorly. Like the films I have, but the actual shows I haven't. I'm never a big rewatcher. Wow. Aside from when we record, mm-hmm. we watch it a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably why, because I've seen it. They're all also very fresh. Like I think when we get to the stage where Iron Man won and Captain America won, we're so as far as away as we were are now from it when they released. When we look back and look at One Division in ten years' time, I'll watch that again. Go, oh yeah, do you remember that show One Division? Oh my god, that was so much fun. Let's jump back <laughs> and have a like a re-review. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because like we we've certainly rewatched original daredevil mm-hmm. um you know and it's getting up to that i think um so i mean for me i 
I haven't I hadn't really thought about it. So the the, the question is a little bit of an ambush, coffee and vodka. Um, <laughs> but I I definitely think it it would be in my top five as well. Actually, mm-hmm. in terms of exact placement, I don't know. Yeah, but I I, I would agree. It it's in that top five for yeah. me, and um, for sure. And on, on the right rewatchability thing, I think we're probably going to be watching what if season one again before season two comes out. We're probably going to be watching. Uh, Loki season one again before Loki yeah, uh, comes true. out. I do think I've dipped into Moon Knight a few times uh, to, to, to yeah. watch a few episodes uh, of that again. Yeah, I think yeah. Moon Knight is up there for me mm. at the moment as my my top one. Yeah, um, I think I almost scored the entire series five out of fives um, all the way That's through. Right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love that. That's kind of in my wheelhouse. WandaVision exactly. Definitely up there, uh, and I, I think this as well. Again, it, it's it's slightly different or a slightly different angle. Yeah. I really, really enjoy it. I do um, think this is ex- executed really well. Though. Yeah. Whereas I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier absolutely loved it, um, but compared to the company it keeps with what's been released on Disney Plus so mm-hmm. far, um, I'm not necessarily got a, a fondness for it. In the same way as with Marvel Netflix, I guess. Iron Fist, being one of my favourite characters, yeah. in the end, it didn't keep up with the company that uh, it was in with Jessica Jones and Daredevil and Luke Cage for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We'll, we'll eventually do a rankings episode if they stop putting out great TV shows and we have nothing <laughs> to talk about. Uh, but there's still loads and loads going on. Uh, let's pop on over to Facebook and get some Facebook feedback. Uh, first up, Harvey Locust says, I'm having a hard time processing this one. First off, loved the throwback intro to, intro to Incredible Hulk, uh, the show I grew up watching. I must say most, if not all, of my predictions were wrong. Todd being Hulk King was disappointing to me. I was hoping that it was something Jen was going to fix with that amazing fourth wall break. There was so much going on that I wanted her to fix with Kevin, giving us a whole new draft to the ending instead of just erasing some of it, leaving in the odd bits like Titania showing up and skipping over the rest. I really wanted more out of it. It just didn't feel satisfying that Josh wasn't there to pay for his involvement. What he did to Jen was truly monstrous, and for him to just be written off as a hired gun felt overlooked. I also thought we'd see more legal repercussions for other actions she she took, like picking up a car and throwing it during the Daredevil fight. So many things I wanted to see played out that we just didn't get. I would have gladly given up that scar reveal, which I was actively hoping against, for the budget of 10 more minutes of actual resolution. Thanks, Harvey. I kind of feel like they did a little bit of a have your cake and eat it thing here uh, where they did a lot of the reveals I know they were unwritten in the final version but they did do a lot of the reveals that they that they uh, kind of went with I, I did like uh, again having that moment with Josh and at least the drawings in the post credit scenes where he looks like he's sweating about his involvement in this whole uh, this whole situation so even if the actor wasn't able to return for for a scene in this uh, in this finale at least they did kind of uh, underline his involvement in it yeah, agreed. And I, I actually enjoyed the Scar uh, rev- like reveal because it did, like I said, it set up, it showed that it is connected and it is setting up something. Mm. It's not a bad thing to keep you salivating about what what else is coming. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I kind of get the point, though, Harvey, that, that uh, you can give that up and get another 10 minutes in the show. I, I did see during the week this week everybody asking for, you know, a full hour-long finale for the for the show, but... 
I think this felt much more in keeping with the show to keep yeah, it exactly. at its length and, and have it all about Jen and all about yeah. what was going yeah. on this season. I think so, yeah. But thanks for your thoughts, Harvey. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Harvey. Um, also on Facebook, Heather Wallace says, after a day of dealing with social media trolls for work and literally banging my fists on the desk in frustration, oh. I really, really wanted some She-Hulk smashing tonight. And this episode didn't give it to me. Instead, it served up something that was trying just too hard to be clever. Still, there were bits I did really like. The old school TV intros were great. Daredevil at the family barbecue was funny. And Nikki was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. I was so upset when I realized Intelligentsia were meeting in Emil's barn. And I'm still confused about whether he was in on the plot or not. I surprised myself with how much I liked Emil. First Emo and now Blonsky. The TV shows are giving underwhelming movie villains played by really good actors a second chance to shine. Absolutely. Great stuff, Heather. Uh, absolutely agree with you around the, the villains. Um, although I really enjoyed Zemo's mainly off screen, um, greatness in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. But I, I, I think you're right. I think they're giving some really good, um, villains, uh, here a chance to shine. And, uh, I, I found myself kind of rooting for Blonsky. So I kind of, I, I get you, your sense that, um, about, oh no, he is involved in it. Cause that was, a, I think the first time round, it was a little confusing. Yep. Um, you know, was he involved? Was he just a member of Intelligentsia? Did he know what they were doing? But I think second time I watched it, it was definitely clear that he had no idea uh, the intentions of this this group. And maybe it might be useful to rewatch it uh, on a day where you haven't had a really bad day at work on this stuff, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure you really wanted to see some social media people get punched in the face by She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally get it, totally get it. But thanks so much for your thoughts, Heather. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Uh, Ray had this to say, fantastic, unexpected, epic ending, loved it. I like that the writers weren't afraid to expand on the fourth wall breaking. It was totally unexpected, and that's what I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. Jen chatting with Kevin was the highlight for me. And the mention of X-Men? Daredevil was great to see again, too. And Scar, oh my god. I applaud making this show different, hoping we get way more She-Hulk in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. agree on that. Daredevil back. I like. Honestly, I keep thinking about it, and I'm like... I re- even if they keep Matt with the same character he is now, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Obviously, like we had our brooding, and now we have a wise cracking Matt. It's going to be great. Absolutely, yeah, no matter what way they go, even if they find like, the piece in the middle, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for that, Ray. Yeah. Uh, Donald Dennis says, though the series was overall great and this final episode had some excellent bits in it, it was overall the least satisfying episode of the entire season. I don't hate that it didn't end with a giant fight that went on too long, but we still didn't get to see any type of conflict resolution that mattered to the actual story of the series. The throwback segments to the original Hulk TV show was lots of fun, but worked better as an advertising campaign outside of the show than it did in the show. The fourth wall break was a great concept, but it felt like they used the big one to step around problems instead of fixing them seeing the only result of a story event is rarely as satisfying as seeing it occur and the fourth wall break sidestepped everything we really have no idea how things got to be resolved just that they were which is a shame the build-up was pretty amazing seeing the today is today banners behind the drapery in the intelligentsia event ran chills down my spine did anyone else think the tea was drugged 
Did it seem to you like like Blonsky may have had no idea what group he was speaking to or at least never agreed with their agenda? I asked because all of his platitudes were exceptionally bland and didn't seem at all anti-She-Hulk. I was suspicious all season long he hadn't reformed, but now I think it is likely he was reformed even before he allowed himself to go back to prison. In the end, I think the only truly bad part of the original Kevin ending was when Bruce showed up. The Hulk serum didn't have to work and it didn't have to be a physical fight. If she could have proved she didn't turn into a rage monster and still managed to take down the intelligentsia, Jen could have gotten the results she wanted. Having Bruce show up was also the worst part of the She-Hulk ending they went with. That would have worked better as a mid credit scene, giving She-Hulk the chance to say, since we don't have tags for you the last few episodes, we'll give you two now. Did Daredevil's costume look super distressed for an outfit that has only been in one real fight? Matt is tough in his clothes, isn't he? I can't wait to watch it again this evening and see if my criticisms have softened. If they have, I'll let you know. I hope they've softened, uh, Donald. Um, totally entitled to your criticism if, uh, if you didn't like the show, but I think it does make a little bit more sense that Blonsky isn't involved. And when you're watching it that second time, it, yeah. it seems to flow a bit better together, um, I think, personally. But but. Definitely. I mean, and I, I I can understand with that break happening, that point of view, Donald, because the return to it is really abrupt. Mm-hmm. It's suddenly outside and you're going, what, were, how, when? And, mm-hmm. you know, in in some respects, you know, you're right. That fourth wall is an event in and of itself, um, as well as coming to that resolution. Yeah. So I, I can see your point there for sure. Yeah. And it is interesting, I suppose, if you pull that fourth wall break out of it and you stop the episode and, and put mash the two together, if you if you put that together to where um, Jen would have wanted the episode to finish and her completion, putting them in, uh, in court and putting uh, Blonsky back in prison. It actually does have, I think, a lot of resolution to the storyline from the season. I no, think it yeah, actually matches definitely. quite well uh, together, but taking you out of it completely with the fourth wall um, break and, and not knowing exactly where you're coming back to as well uh, may have kind of mixed that up. Definitely. Uh, I, I yeah. think it's definitely a double watch episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully uh, we'll hear your thoughts for when we discuss it for our wrap-up episode of She-Hulk in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Donald, for sending in uh, the thoughts on the initial viewing of the episode, at least. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Donald. Donald. Uh, Michael Booth says, Somehow I don't think this was on your predictions whiteboard. Delightfully on brand. I don't think I have laughed as hard at any other scene through the season. Peaking with Tatiana Maslany's timing and expression as she talks about smashing Matt Murdock. That being said, I'm not sure how satisfying of a conclusion it was. We didn't actually see what happened, just the end result. I get what they were going for, and it was hilarious, but I wish we had just five more minutes of what actually happened. I could have done without the scar reveal. We have had so much world building already, it seems a shame to shoehorn a next up in the MCU cameo, especially when Jen told Kevin to save it for the movie. Additional Daredevil cameos are always welcome, though. Fingers crossed Jen visits Hell's Kitchen in Born Again. Ah, Michael, that would be um, fantastic Mm -hmm. if uh, we get to see her uh, fly across to uh, the East Coast uh, it for Born Again, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting with the conclusion. I think, for me, the conclusion is, is just more about the fact we have had this um, this woman uh, in Jennifer Walters 
who has gone through so much but has been absolutely screwed over. Mm -hmm. I think, for me, it's her in this world making the choice of how she wants a woman to be treated in terms of what is important, Mm -hmm. and that is simply justice is served through the courts rather than a big end fight. And so that, to me, was... I think that's why I loved it so much was that was the conclusion that I took from it. But like with Donald's feedback before, the first time I watched it, there was a jarring just because you're kind of, where is this going? And then all of a sudden it's Emil and and Todd are being handcuffed and taken away. So I can understand that point of being unsatisfying, you know, for sure. As I say, I do think it's a double watch. I think so. I think so. But thanks so much for your thoughts, Michael. Uh, finally, we've got a bit of feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who who says, I cannot express just how much this episode succeeded for me. The layers of meta in the story were beautiful, utterly delightful in bringing all the critiques of the MCU, the fan theories and the wit of Jen together. Highlights for me, the amazing 70s TV opening, so many wonderful memories from the past and weekend telly, the menu interruption and parkour across the tiles. The Kevin, the failing to deal with women's needs, and the final scene on the steps. We need more. Excellent. Thanks, Dr. Bob, for your your thoughts uh, on the episode as well. Um, Yeah, I really like that moment on the steps because we had the proper acceptance of She-Hulk. We heard her, uh, her Jen say to Kevin earlier on that, you know, I was just about to get that moment where... I was about to balance the lives of She-Hulk and uh, and Jen together, and in the end... Being interviewed on the steps, she finally says, if you attack, harm, or harass any innocence, I'll be there to stop you, whether it be as She-Hulk or as Jen, uh, yeah. Jen Walters, yeah. attorney at law. Really good uh, final moment to kind of state the intention of where she's going to be going in the future, hopefully. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much to everybody who's been sending in your feedback uh, throughout the season to us on She-Hulk. That's the end of the She-Hulk podcast, but we will be back with our our final wrap-up and the results of our She-Hulk attorney at law bar exam. Uh, We will also be in the Marvel Universe for our Halloween special when we'll be discussing Werewolf by Night starring Gail Gail Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Yeah, Looking forward to that. <laughs> Myself and John have watched it. Chris hasn't watched it just yet, uh, but intrigued to hear his thoughts as well uh, when we get to that. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much, and we will speak to you again next time. If you like what you heard, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com slash Industries, where you can support us for uh, any amount on an ongoing monthly kind of place, or go to buy me a coffee dot com slash tvpi where you can support us with a one-off donation and thanks you so much to everybody that supports us uh, through there but you can also support us by sharing the podcast because sharing the podcast is it is of course sharing the love. the love excellent and of course thanks so much for the feedback again uh fellow defenders uh and uh If you're in need of moving from one universe to another, of course, we do have our finale of uh, The Rings of Power, where Mm. we'll be in Middle Earth as well. God, that's been fantastic. I cannot wait to see how that wraps up. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. But remember, as always, fellow defenders, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. Bye.